Welcome to the 457 SEO, a place for stories, information, and observations about Southeastern Ohio, presented by WOUB News. I'm Allison Hunter. I'm Aaron Payne. I'm Susan Tebbin. And I'm Atish Baidya. In this episode, you'll hear from Ohio House candidates for the 94th District that covers Meg's, most of Athens, and some of Washington and Vinton counties. Also, the eldest son of the Republican nominee for president made his way to the SEO. And we're talking to a local candidate for the State Board of Education. And after all that election stuff, a little honey for the heart. And then the amazing adventures of Chris Riddle. (coughs) Intro music, intro music, intro Intro music. Candidates vying for the open 94th district seat recently came together to discuss a number of issues during a forum held at the Athens Public Library. Aaron was there and has this story. Is, is that their, their, the thing that sort of differentiates the two candidates the most? Because J. Edwards seems to be, he talks about being bipartisan, and they seem to sort of agree on a lot of issues in some ways, but then there's a little bit of a, a difference. But is it that economic opportunity perspective that's sort of like the biggest difference between the two candidates? Is that the sense that you get? I, I would say it goes back to energy because yeah. the eco- economic opportunity, they both believe in it, that people in Southeast Ohio should have economic opportunities in the, the private sector, but just the way of going about it was different. Jay Edwards said natural gas should be the lead, where Sarah Grace said more renewable resources should be the lead, as well as tourism. Jay Edwards also mentioned tourism, but on the back burner, um, both said tourism could really be a boon for this area, as well as the arts. But I, I think it really comes down to the energy policy. Economic opportunity, they do differ on it, but I'm sorry. They do differ on it only in the sense of what should take the lead for economic opportunity in southeastern Ohio. They did, like I said, they had a lot of similarities. They really look at education somewhat similarly, but they really differ on energy policy, like it's mentioned in the story. Um, Jay Edwards really thinks an all the above approach is good, but lead with natural gas. I didn't really mention in the story. He didn't say that he was against solar and wind energy, but thought natural gas was the way to go to get an economic boom. Since that's here. That's Since that's, that's the it, thing that's... Right. Separates it from Columbus, Cincinnati, Cleveland. But Sarah Grace says, you know, what happens if natural gas is another coal, and then you have natural gas communities and not coal communities that are downtrodden after the bust. Right, the, so, the whole extraction. She's putting her eggs in the renewable energy basket, saying if we can get these jobs now, these jobs are going to be here potentially forever until humanity develops a better source of energy that we don't know about yet. Cold fusion. Cold fusion. <laughs> Nuclear wasn't really mentioned mm-hmm. as a side note. Right. That's starting to come up in some other candidate races around talking about nuclear energy, but not so much in this one. Right. Complete considering the note. area, again, considering mm-hmm. the area, mm-hmm. what we have, what what's on, uh, what's been on the top of mind, 
in terms of extraction industries. Mm -hmm. But there were some similarities in the energy policy. Both candidates really don't want the waste from fracking to be dumped here. And that's a big issue across southeastern Ohio, West Virginia as well. And in Kentucky, we have natural gas, but the waste from fracking, no one's quite sure what to do with it, the best way to deal with it as of right now. And some of it's coming to Athens. And I don't think either candidate really likes that. Sure. So, <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it's not exactly Jay Edwards is straight up natural gas at all costs. Do everything. I don't care if you destroy the earth to do it. There's some nuance to his position. And Sarah Grace has some nuance to her position as well. So the candidates are pretty nuanced for being on different sides of the aisle, even though if you ask Jay Edwards, he'll say he, he's just uh, a resident of southeast Ohio. He's not a Democrat or Republican, really trying to be bipartisan. He said bipartisan 15 times <laughs> during the forum. So he's really emphasizing that he would like to work with everyone. Right, because he's voted Democrat in the past on some of the, looking at his voting record, and just in terms of some of the, mm-hmm. um, I guess the primaries, what that, that's... He's requested to, Democratic ballots. He re- requested Democratic ballots, yes. So just the idea of ideas and and candidate, not, supposed, not necessarily just party. Candidate. Right. Well, also, that plays into that larger, uh, last time we talked about the number of registered Democrats and Republicans and the number of undeclared or independent voters that are actually in the county and how that they make up the bulk of right. registered voters. Right. In Athens County. In Athens and County. most counties, actually, but in, in southeast Ohio. But yeah. It so. was significantly it was a right. huge number compared sure. to yep. the two parties, right. which I found super interesting. Mm-hmm. So were there any points where the candidates really conflicted or were any issues that they really said, no, I really actually disagree with what you're saying? Uh, taxes. It was a forum and not a debate, so they couldn't really go at each other. But Sarah Grace at one point tried to call Jay Edwards out on a mailer that he had sent out. I personally have not seen the mailer uh, mention something along the lines of reducing taxes. And Sarah Grace at one point tried to mention that, and the moderator kind of cut her off. Um, Jay Edwards had previously said before Sarah Grace said her piece was he wouldn't try to necessarily cut taxes but wouldn't increase them, try to keep them at the same level they are now, and then try to grow the tax base to increase tax revenues without having to raise taxes. And Sarah Grace again tried to point out that mailer that mentioned a fight to cut taxes. So that was probably the most, actually it was really the only contentious part of the forum because again, it was a forum and not a debate. And in one respect, I won't say similar backgrounds, but they're both in real estate now. Both in rentals. Both in um, rentals, making money. Rentals is a... Jay Edwards has expanded his small businesses. He actually recently purchased a septic business. Okay. And he comes from a family of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and his uh, Edwards family, they own a lot. And they As I learned, they, they have dealings with Nelsonville Cable. Yeah kind of in the owning ownership dealings. Right. So. Yes. And uh, Fun Barn. And WSA, the country station, WSEO in Nelsonville as well. Okay. Right. So entrenched uh, family here. But um, so both come from the entrepreneurial. I mean, that's one of the Sarah Grace's um, 
calling cards also that she does worked most of the work of her herself in the rental business uh, she'll occasionally hire some temp workers to do some painting but mostly she does it herself Aaron and I did an interview with her and asked her about the rental um, business and she said that she prefers it's not necessarily the the college students in the middle of Athens she's trying to go to grad students and older populations in Athens. Young families. she knows, yeah, there's not a lot of rental areas for them. And we we did an interview with her. We tried to reach out to Jay Edwards as well, um, but we did not get an interview with him. But Not yet. Not Still yet. Not time. Yet. Right. Still for time. the one-on-one, Jay mm-hmm. Edwards, call the people back. Come yeah. through for your boy. We bonded. We shook hands. He said, his, hi, my name's Jay Edwards. <laughs> and I said, hi, my name's Aaron. I thought we were, thought we were boys, Jay. Yeah, so Jay, call us back. Okay, so Aaron, this is something that you've been investigating in terms of your work with with us here, WOUB News and the Ohio Valley Resource. Please go into detail about their stance on opioid addiction and treatment and some of the those big issues that are affecting this area. They both had a stance on opioids, and uh, a lot of it is what I've heard during my work researching the opioid epidemic. Um, Sarah Grace, though, had the something that I haven't really heard from anybody else in declaring the opioid epidemic a public health emergency, and that would free up funds to establish um, treatment centers immediately in places that don't have treatment centers. And Washington County, as I mentioned in the story, was uh, a candidate for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it was just building up treatment centers mm-hmm. was her position. Jay Edwards uh, came from it of a, a place where there needs to be more treatment. Funds need to be put towards treatment, but there also needs to be um, a program after the treatment is complete of establishing, getting that person in a job, getting that person out of the previous situation that they were in that facilitated their uh, addiction, their disease. When it comes to treatment, Jay Edwards was more in favor of Vivitrol, which is a stance taken by several drug courts throughout the area, as opposed to buprenorphine. Both of those drugs are used to uh, deter cravings for opioids. Uh, Vivitrol doesn't quite have the research behind it that buprenorphine does, but buprenorphine is an opioid itself and has been uh, known in cases to be abused and does have street value. So there is an issue with that. So both candidates, I think, have a grasp of the issue and have plans that would bring resources to areas that need it. Um, uh, let me tr- let me try it again, though. Just okay. take another pass at it. Okay. Uh, both take the stance that more resource- resources are needed in the area, and both agree that more funding should be put into those resources. Uh, Sarah Grace, as the story mentioned, has proposed declaring this a public health emergency and using the funds to build up treatment facilities in areas like Washington County that need them. Uh, Jay Edwards also agrees resources or funding needs to be put towards resources, uh, but also wants a plan developed where people that complete treatment will have opportunities to get jobs and housing that are separate from uh, the individual's past um, conditions that facilitated their 
drug addiction and disease. He'd also prefer Vivitrol programs over buprenorphine. Both are drugs used to help deter cravings for opioids. Vivitrol is not an opioid. Buprenorphine is. Science and most in the medical community back buprenorphine because of the research and its success rate, but it is an opioid and does have street value and has been known to be abused with other drugs or just um, by improper use of the drug, and law enforcement tends to lead towards Vivitrol, so that's the similar stance that Jay Edwards has taken. But both do have plans that lead me to believe they have a grasp of the issue at hand. Okay. Um, was the forum well attended? Yeah, full room. Um, there were members of the media, all four that were invited, attended, and each member of the media got to ask two questions, and the room was full as well. Um, there were a total of 27 questions asked of the candidates between the media and the people in attendance. I don't think there was an empty seat. It was standing room only. It was a small room, but uh, well attended, and the most questions were asked at this forum than any of the other forums that the League of Women Voters of Athens County put on. And what kind of questions did the um, did the audience ask? It varied. Um, there was talk of the minimum wage. Would the candidates support an increase to $15 an hour? And neither said they would. Sarah Grace said she would support an increase to $12 an hour, but not immediately, something over time to allow businesses and communities to adjust to it. Jay Edwards turned his focus more on getting good paying jobs so people wouldn't have to work minimum wage jobs. Other questions including the fracking of national forests, both of them replied that it was a federal issue, nothing they can really do about it, but Sarah Grace did say that she was against fracking in federal forests, but again, it's not really in her realm of what she can do if elected. And Jay Edwards said uh, he had some misgivings about fracking in federal forests. He would have to see the plan as proposed to make sure if it was safe and if it brought in jobs that he would be for it. But if it was unsafe and unregulated, he probably couldn't support it. Uh, the, the question of college tuition was brought up. If there was anything they could do to deal with student debt, student loans. Sarah Grace was more in favor of helping in regard to loan rates as well as analyzing all the aspects that come with college, not just tuition, which um, need-based scholarships are based on, but also housing and food and school supplies and all of that. Jay Edwards again turned to economic opportunity to get these students good paying jobs so they would be able to afford their loans and be able to pay them off in a timely manner. A lot of, again, a lot of what um, Mr. Edwards had to say went back to economic opportunity. So this is one of 99 House races happening in the state. Every seat is up, but there are only, what, 17 seats have an actual competition happening. Some are uncontested, blah, blah, blah. They don't feel like there's a major candidate on all of that. So it's important here in the 94th district where we've had Debbie, Debbie Phillips mm -hmm. uh, well, for the last, what, eight years? Mm -hmm. And she had to leave because of term Phillip, term, term Phillips. Term Phillips. <laughs> term limits. Term limits. 
So one of those two are going to be replacing Debbie Phillips in the House of Representatives. And I talked to Ms. Phillips about her uh, running for the Board of Education and her experience as our representative here in the 457 SEO. Before she leaves the House, she gave some advice to the candidates to make sure that they know what they're getting into and uh, things for them to uh, remember as they start their term. Well, I think it is incredibly important to stay in touch with the people in the local community and to listen. I think it's increasingly easy with the the way that social media works and the algorithms that are used to hear more from people who already reinforce the ideas that, that we may hold. Mm-hmm. You were kind of fed more information. So I think it is incredibly important to go into all these different local communities and ask folks to come and and give input. I just, I don't think there's any substitute for those face-to-face conversations with people to try to keep a sense of what people's priorities are. Mm -hmm. Okay, good advice, because, right, it's easy to lose touch with uh, the human aspect, looking people in their eyes, and that's what we want from the people who say they're fighting for us and representing us, and uh, so, okay. What else? While I was talking to her, the main thing that we talked about was her run for the State Board of Education, and she's running against, actually, four other people, Nancy Hollister, Craig Brown, Vicki Breyercheck, and Kathleen Purdy. They're all from different parts of the state, and actually the 8th district that they're running for four runs from Mahoning County all the way down to Meigs County, so mm. we've got a lot of ground to cover. She was inspired to run because she was part of the Education Committee for the House of Representatives. The, the rules for implementation on legislation related to education go through the state school board. So, you know, the more I thought about it, a number of people asked me to consider running for this position, and I just started feeling more and more strongly that this will be an important way to stay involved working on school funding, working on charter school accountability, and just stay engaged on those public education issues. All the candidates met at Athens High School for a debate. They largely agreed that the challenges to the education system in Ohio involve the size of the district that they're in and the standardized testing that they have to deal with. Phillips had actually a lot to say uh, about this question. Well, I think that I do have some good experience with working in the district that I, I've been serving now um, in terms of coming up with ways to stay in touch with folks. So it will, you know, it's my intention to do something similar, to have roundtable discussions in each of the counties and to try to, um, you know, travel around to the different communities. Obviously, you know, there are a lot of school districts, a lot of counties. It's going to take me some time to cover the ground and really get a chance to hear from everybody. But I think that's the only way to responsibly do the job. Mm-hmm. And we've seen, um, you, you mentioned standardized testing, um, and we've seen a lot of uh, criticism of Common Core, um, a lot of discussion about how that should be done. What's your stand on on standardized testing and how to go about making sure that it goes for every level of education that a student has? Well, it's interesting because in all the debate about the Common Core State Standard, most of the people who came in to testify talked about the testing, right? Mm -hmm. And standards are not the same thing as the test, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the basic idea that we should have a common set of academic standards, so if we've got a kid here in Ohio who takes Algebra 2 and there's a kid in Arizona who takes Algebra 2, we should be able to know that that means that they have mastered a certain body of knowledge, Mm -hmm. right? They know how to do certain things. 
So that idea of having standards that all of the schools are trying to achieve, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we do have a really mobile society. People move around a lot. Now, the way the tests are done, the administration of the tests and, and the way they use data is a whole different ballgame, and there's way too much testing going on. If you look at the calendars for school districts of when they're administering tests, there are a shocking number of days devoted to testing and test prep. It, it really eats into the time for basic instruction right. <laughs> and you know anything that might be like project-based learning that would help bring some life to some of these ideas and, and help kids get more engaged and interested. So I really think we need to limit the amount of of testing that's done, and I think we need to use testing that's designed to inform education. So instead of just having one big test at the end of the year, the students do a little bit of testing, and it helps the teachers see where they need help. Mm -hmm. So if you do some testing that the teachers can say, okay, these kids need to learn more about fractions or whatever the issue happens to be, then you can work on that and then check back and see whether they have made the progress and figured it out. So testing in itself can be valuable. It's just whether it's being used appropriately. So, Susan, you and Debbie Phillips talk a lot about a variety of issues. You talked about college credit plus. It's a big topic for um, folks around this area, especially because we have so many colleges and universities in the region. How does Phillips feel about the program? She sees merit to it, especially considering where she is from, where she represented for so long. There's also improvements that can be made, and she recognizes that. The main argument that she made actually at the Athens, uh, at the Athens High School debate was that kids are taking classes that maybe they don't need to take in college. Well, I, I think that dual credit programs are important and there's something we've had for a long time. Um, I The changes that were made with the creation of College Credit Plus I think have created some problems and I, you know, I understand and respect the impetus to try to help more kids have some college credit while they're still in high school and you know, save some money for their families and help them move ahead, but I, I think that we need to look at making sure that those programs are paying for classes that are not available mm-hmm. currently at their local high school and for students who are achieving academically. Um, it doesn't make any sense for us to be spending money to have kids go take classes at a college or university um, if, they, if that class is offered at their high school or if they are having trouble doing college-level work. So, you know, I think there are a number of ways that we could tighten that up so that we can use those dollars wisely to help mm-hmm. the students who are really in the right place um, to, to take advantage of that without creating inefficiencies financially and, and problems for both institutions. All right. So anytime we're talking about school, especially these days, and we're talking about classes and class sizes, all of that, the budget cuts happen. There are fewer teachers. Classes, class sizes rise. That makes it harder on the teachers. She had to have talked about that. Right. And obviously, in the 8th District, we have different size schools in different areas, rural, urban, all sorts of different schools, different budgets, different everything. By the way, the state board sort of recommends things to the legislature. They don't make laws. They just they just interpret them. They, they do what they need to do with the laws. I asked her for specific ideas on what the budget needs to have for students and schools to succeed. 
there are a couple major flaws with the way school funding is handled currently at the state level. One is that it is still pretty reliant on local property taxes. So we still have huge disparities from one school district to another. We still have schools in our region where we are wrestling with all these budget decisions. We have schools where students can't take their textbooks home with them at night because there aren't enough copies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and this is in the same state where there's a school district in Ohio that has a heated sidewalk so they don't have to shovel the snow, and they run a shuttle bus from the parking lot to the front door of the school, right? So, I mean, there just are huge disparities, and that might be an extreme example, but it shows up in more ways that have an impact on kids, like the number of schools that can't offer any AP or international baccalaureate classes in the same state where there are students who can have a whole year of college credit because Mm -hmm. they've been able to do AP and IB and um, college credit plus and all these different um, programs. So those kind of disparities can carry on into students' college careers and on into their lives, and that's what we've got to fight to overcome. Um, So the the funding inequity is still a problem that we've got to deal with at the state level. Wow. Yeah, I'm stuck on the heated sidewalks yeah. and shuttle bus. And the shuttle buses. From the parking lot, which we don't know how far the parking lot is to the mm. front door. but no. Or the weather situation or what happens. Right, here. obviously it must be one of the northern, uh, I would assume, one of the northern counties mm-hmm. uh, or northern school districts. Okay. A number of decisions to make because, again, she's running against, she's, She's in competition with how many others in this? Four others, including one who is the incumbent. That's Nancy Hollister. She hmm. is actually a former governor of Ohio, and right. she's been in. She was appointed by the governor. Um, this is this election will uh, give them the remaining two terms, two years. Okay. And before we close out this segment of politics and election. Uh, options between now and November 8th at 7.30 p.m. when the polls close. We do have to mention that a high-profile surrogate of the Republican nominee's campaign was in our was in our area, in the 457 SEO stomping ground. The package rolls. So DJ TJ... That's what we like to call him. That's what we yeah. call him. In the house. Was in the house. DJ TJ being Donald J. Trump Jr. That's what we like to call him now, DJ TJ. Uh, so, okay, guys, you were there amongst the sportsmen and the young Republicans who were, what were they, answering phones? Yep. yep. The young Republicans from Ohio University were answering phones. There were other young Republicans, as in they were just kids, mm-hmm. in, the, in the audience in the room mm-hmm. as well. There's probably 40 or 50 people there, what did you say? It was a semi-private event. There was a dinner. Hawking College's culinary school did the dinner. It was a lot of game and fish and things that you would hunt and fish. Fancy food. Fancy food. Squab, I heard. Squab, venison. Trout, I think. Mm -hmm. All that sort of thing. A gamer's, outdoorsman's buffet spread smorgasbord. Mm -hmm. Was Chris Riddle there? Chris Riddle's not there. Okay. I don't think there was any school. (laughs) <laughs> so, 
Yeah, there were officials from Hawking College came. Actually, Mike Brooks, who owns Rocky Brands, or is the interim CEO, excuse me, of Rocky Brands, is on the board of trustees. Um, and many other board of trustees were there. And then Nelsonville residents, candidate Jay Edwards was there with his grandfather. Grandfather. And, and I think yeah. his brother was there, a brother. I believe so, yeah. It's a large a family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a big deal. I mean, do you yeah. have a, the, the presidential candidate? Yeah, and this is... Son? Donald Son? Trump, the closest he's come is St. Clairsville, so this is the closest we've seen of uh, someone from that campaign. We he, he took a tour around the tour around the store, through the restaurant, upstairs was where the phone bank was. He got to see it all. Mike Brooks took him on a personal tour. And the invitation or the information came down late, at least to the media, and some local uh, journalists didn't even know that it was happening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's not nice, but. That's true. You need to look it up on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. But, um, yeah, so. it was a group called Sportsman for Trump that was uh, hosting it along with Rocky Brands and right, the, Betty Young was there. Mm-hmm. She welcomed him to Nelsonville. Can I say it was a little starstruck? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Atish. She came I back was. with a little bit of. Just a little bit. He's so nice. Well, you know. And no one says he's not nice. Yeah. I don't know. Just when you when you watch someone on television and then you see them in person, sort of that just that that disconnect or that that thing that oh that that thing that I've seen on television, that thing that person that I've seen on television is now in front of me. It, it was the money. It jar, jars your reality. It's a little just bit. a lot of money <laughs> standing in front <laughs> of you. And that's another that was that's another thing too. Do like you, you smell s- like money. See this person, and you're like that person has a lot of money, but but they're also a person. With did. money. With money. And you're like, oh, man, that's crazy. I know, it was crazy. And his hair does look better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he did have some nice shoes. <laughs> were, they, were they Louis Vuitton? Journalists, we are. I have no idea. <laughs> I think they were Louis Vuitton. They're Vuittons. ones you see a lot on rich people, but I can't remember what they're called. Louis Vuittons or something. But we're going to talk about guns and shooting things and in a little bit. Stay with us. But when we come right back... So, no, this is not the segment. you got to hold off on the segment where we talk about guns and shooting things and the amazing Chris Riddle. Um, we're talking about amazing big things that are built by the community. That's right, honey, for the heart. So um, I've been MIA from the newsroom. I know. Where's a tish? Right. Where's a tish? Honey for the heart. I've been photographing honey for the heart and... What's honey for the heart? What is Atish? it? Right? It's it's this giant puppet parade that happens uh, to kick off the Halloween block party. They do it at six o'clock the night of the block party, and down Court Street, just a parade of these giant puppets. And they've been they spend three weeks making these puppets out of paper mache, recycled material, all of the stuff, bringing in community members and and students. And Patty Mitchell is the person who's in charge of Honey for the Heart. So as a group of artists, we said, what if we made giant puppets and had a puppet parade at the beginning of Halloween? Could we shift the story, make it a little richer, deeper, and not just a crazy cacophony of oddness? So the idea was to add big, odd-looking puppets to keep the, to keep Honey to keep Halloween from being just a drunken mess. Right, yeah. The idea was to shift the narrative or, or focus it on something other than the big crazy mess that is the block party. 
and add some an, a different dynamic to it. So they spend three weeks um, using all sorts of materials to make the puppets. Um, they bring in folks from the learning communities at OU, classes, art classes, students come in, and then uh, anyone can come in from the community. You can just come in, walk in, spend some time, how, how, however much time you want to spend. I was, when I was photographing up when they were in Baker Center at the gallery, uh, some folks were just coming in for a tour and they just spent like, they stopped in for like half an hour after this tour and wanted to make some things and made some things and they went on their way. Oh, neat. Yeah, so you can just come in, pop in, contribute, and then leave. Can you even explain, you know, what the what the puppets are? And do they have a theme so that this, goes into so it? So this year the theme is birds. Ah! <laughs> oh, not birds. Got a thing with birds. Go ahead. <laughs> so there'll be giant paper mache birds. Ah! <laughs> there will also be. Allison will not be attending. Uh. Yeah, birds, uh, yeah. Stop saying birds. birds. Birds of all sizes <laughs> and shapes. Yellow birds and red birds, birds. and blue birds. And okay. White. So, and they make it all out of recycled materials, donated materials, and how they reuse and repurpose these materials. And like I said, it was it's just a bunch of folks coming together to create something. I think this is a great bridge between the university and the community and our Athens community. We get to hang out, see each other, talk to each other, and and have this shared experience in our shared community and have a shared story of this beautiful thing we made together and uh, celebrate Halloween. So yeah, it's really great. I mean, when I'm there in that space and I was photographing and I'm just looking at the people and observing and watching for the moments and just sort of being there. It's just that energy when folks are creating and being creative and making something and putting their energy into this. It is really sort of this magical feeling that's in the air. And, and you see the expression on people's faces as they work hard and they, they are, are formulating ideas and their, their faces literally brighten up and lighten up and and there's a twinkle in folks' eyes. It's really kind of cool to, to watch the whole process and to observe the whole process. And so I'm really excited to show you all my photographs. They'll be online, and you can see them, and let me know what you think. And that's that's all I got. Nice, except for the birds part. <laughs> Just love the birds, Allison. Stop with the birds. They're little dinosaurs. Chicken's a bird. Yeah, I don't like them either. <laughs> Ugh. It's okay. I have a weird thing about cotton balls. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that should end there. On the next story. Okay. Next next episode. Irrational up. fears. <laughs> Brought to you by Allison Birds. Susan. Stop. The cotton Audubon, balls. The Audubon <laughs> Society. And, and cotton, cotton. The fabric of, of our, our lives. lives. <laughs> don't mind cotton. It's the balls that I don't. Like okay, that, I mean, I'm not even, I can't even know, Susan. You can't. Scene. <laughs> and there's the credits. <laughs> and there are the credits after the credits. <laughs> I mean, who's, who's, who's going to volunteer to sit out when Chris Riddle is in the building? The weakest link.
Just kidding. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just wow. kidding. Right here. Right. You're going to be right there. <laughs> At first, he wanted well, to be radio, like you. We don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it can mean anything. It can be anything. Welcome back to 457SEO in the studio right now. You've heard us talking. You know. You know what it is. Do we all want to say it? I'll share it. The amazing adventures of... Okay, that was Chris anti- Riddle. Chris what? Riddle. Yeah. Right. Her Chris should just come in and be like, it's me. Usually, right, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll get that. Some At some point, we'll get that together. It'll be tight, and yeah. we'll have like a symphony and everything. Mm-hmm. It. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> listening, of the listening audience, Chris Riddle's here. Yay. Yay. How's it going, Chris? It's going great. It's going great. Have a great day. Okay, Chris has this amazing life off of uh, radio when he steps away from the mic and leaves the WUB Public Media Studios. And recently, you just completed a Hunter Education course. Nice. And that's not how to be me, like Allison Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) But just hunting in general? Well, you know, I I grew up in West Virginia, but I I never went hunting. You know. uh, is that I like know. a confession? It's like Here a confession. Comes the a Facebook bit, comments. You know. Yeah, I was born with a lifetime hunting license in w- w- being from West Virginia. Right. You were. I was literally when I was born. My parents got me a lifetime hunting license. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. You didn't even have to like train or anything. Well, you to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference. You have Came to have right a, out of the womb <laughs> and was like, <laughs> <laughs> right. They just hand you a bow and arrow. And hunting like, and fishing license. Yeah. You got to have a license, and you also have to have a hunter's education course. Mm-hmm. As which well. they teach in the school. Which they teach in right. school, and I did take that in eighth grade. But so, did your parents bite for you like right away? Mm-hmm. He said when he was born. When I was born. Okay, we're gonna come back to that. We'll come back. To that. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> my eyes are open, man. Do they do that in, in Ohio? I'm sure you can. Okay. I took it in West Virginia, but I lived I in suburbia, know. so. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so wait, and okay, learning the ways of the SEO. Okay, so wait, you took your hunting education course, hunter education course in eighth grade. Okay. In West Virginia, but I completely forgot about that because I was in eighth grade, sure. and I've been in Ohio for 20 years, but. I was at the, the county fair, okay. and there was a sign-up sheet. It's like, learn to hunt and get your hunter education course. Nice. Which you need to get a license in in Ohio. Okay. So I was like, yeah, why not? You know, I would like to learn how to hunt. So I signed up for it, and they had these classes in Meigs County at the Pomeroy Gun Club. They taught us how to shoot. They taught us how to not shoot yourself, which was great. Important. important you know, yes. you learn all the important safety rules. And um, after the course, they take you out hunting. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, this is moving so fast. This is moving so fast. Okay, so you go to the class, and how many weeks? Uh, what was it? It was two months. Okay. But it was like one night a week. Okay. We'd go down there. And you're watching videos, and you're doing Yeah, mostly we just work. sat around, you know, talked. We'd go out and shoot targets. Nice. So you get a gun the first day? No, it was like the third, third day. <gasps> but it was what kind of gun? Uh, what did we shoot? 22s, 12 gauges. 20 I have no gauges. idea what that means. <laughs> shotguns, <laughs> shotguns and rifles. Yeah. We, we okay. shot nice. Shotguns and rifles. <laughs> I've been to a gun range, but I've never taken a, a, a hunter certification course, license, all that stuff. I'd like to do that one day. Yeah. But okay, so you're down there, you're taking the classes, and you're in there. Like, who are you with? I can't, you can't say was... by name. If you were in that class with Chris Riddle, send us your pictures. Okay. <laughs> so it was me and. Five other people from mostly Meigs County. 
Okay. There was a mother and daughter from Coolville. Cute. They were there. Hmm? I said cute. Oh. <laughs> 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 were they? I'm, yes. No, that was, a, bon- that was a statement, not a question. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only man in the class. Oh, cute. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Cute. Now that's inter- that's interesting. That's cute. Why? Because our men already know how to hunt. They're just born with the ability. That's not true. I know. <laughs> yeah. <that's> just... So <laughs> like, I speak for that. That would be true. <laughs> and you still have to take the license anyhow, even though we just learned that someone was born with a hunting. Well, yes. basically, hunting and fishing. Hunting right. and so fishing. So you were born with the well, not the ability, but the, well, the, the ability to legally do it. So I still had to do it. I mean, I still had to get certified, but it was like there for me. Right. Like I could. Like when you're a kid, you don't necessarily have to have a license because they have kids hunting weekends where you can go out. There's one for grouse coming up in Ohio. Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what? Grouse. It's a little bird. Bird. But it it's rhymes like with fa- mouse, so I would have thought it was a little <laughs> rodent. Oh, fair. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> City girl. That's <laughs> all right. All those hand signals work real good on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> podcast gold. That was Adam keeping us in check. They can't see you. <laughs> well, this oh, program man. is put on by, by ODNR because there, there's been a rapid decline or steady decline of, of people going out hunting. Hmm. And they get all the revenue from the sales of hunting licenses and sales of ammunition and things like that. So they're trying to get more people to start hunting in Ohio so that they can build up the number of people that are buying licenses and then they continue to use that money to buy land for... Fracking. Oh, sorry. Yep. <laughs> Allison. <laughs> 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 womp, Edit point. Preservation. <laughs> Preservation. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and fracking. But <laughs> That's fair. Well, they, they, they would... Uh, <laughs> the fracking's supposed to pay for not the, the fracking. <laughs> the money, right? We're not going to talk about fracking this episode anymore. What? So I'm city girl too. You, there's like Newark's not the city. There's the, yes, it is where I was. So like I wasn't in Licking Heights. Let me tell you. Um, oh, we just dumping on Licking Heights. <laughs> edit point. Um, <laughs> Keep it. So there's like the there's a gun permit that you can get for like pistols and concealed carry and all that, and then there's Copyright. a hunting hunting thing. Yeah, that's separate. So you can fire guns, for like rifles and things. Yeah, you just need a license if you want to have a concealed, concealed right. weapon. But there's a difference between open carry and concealed right. carry. So you can no, walk I around with that, a rifle. But yeah. What about hunting versus? Is hunting's just open carry? Basically. Oh, okay. Okay, that's my you know, nerd. I mean, you could have mm-hmm. a concealed carry license and like and without a gun on a on a squirrel. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, which brings us to okay. So then, what did you hunt when you went through? Oh, uh, we yeah. went we went hunting squirrel after we uh, <laughs> were hunting for squirrels after um, with a gun. Well, yeah, doesn't yeah. it just blow them apart? No, it, it, it doesn't. The buck you use the right, right bullet. Yeah, the yeah you're using like shot. it's almost like I want a it's big like, gun. I want a really big gun. <laughs> it's like BBs coming out, basically. Yeah. yeah. So he was a 20-gauge shotgun, yeah. try to aim as close to the head as possible. Oh. But the best part about this hunt is, so everybody went out with a mentor. So all the people that were in the group. And I went out with the game warden oh. in Meigs County. Big and doings. He, and he points out, you know, most people don't want to hunt with the game warden. <laughs> oh, because it's no much not fun? He's, well, no, he's the game warden. So My dad's a game warden. And your dad's <laughs> name came up while we were really? sitting in the woods wow. looking yeah, watching for squirrels. It's a small world yeah. after all. Sergeant Jerry Edward Payne. That's Shout right. out. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> no, Mr. Jerry. Hi, Mr. Jerry. Mr. Jerry. <laughs> Mr. Jerry. 
Or Sergeant Payne, actually. He, he's Sergeant, Sergeant Payne. Payne. <laughs> was that a movie? Wasn't that a movie? He's I never heard Major, Major Payne. Payne. He was a he's Major. never heard that one before, I'm sure. Oh, no, never. Yeah. <laughs> you were hunting squirrels back to I was hunting squirrels, yeah. Blowing their little brains out. Yes. But people don't want to go with the game warden because... Well, he's the game warden. He's in charge of um, making sure you follow all the rules. Right. right. You know, so if you're out there poaching, right. you don't want to see the game warden. Right. You if you're out there with a the spotlight, spotlighting <laughs> deer, and you see those blue lights... You know you're in trouble. Yeah. Right. And the spotlighting is shining the light in their mm-hmm. eyes and making so they them freeze. So they freeze. And then, oh, which good. Is, Thank you. What kind of fun is that? Yeah. It, takes, it takes the sport out of it. Correct. I was, I was <laughs> pretending like I knew what you were talking about. I'm glad you asked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. No, spotlighting, you thought it was like investigating yeah. the deer. You go Excuse in me, it. sir. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been drinking? Sir Payne. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. No, that's. A- <laughs> so you're shooting it. Okay, so how was it going out with the warden? It was a lot of fun. You know, we sat around and just, you know, shot the breeze for like an hour and a half. You shoot. Did you hit the breeze? Man, you shot the breeze. You hit the breeze. (laughs) (laughs) He's here all week, folks. (laughs) Can you cue a cymbal in there? (laughs) (laughs) So that was fun, you know. Did you you bag anything, though? We got two squirrels. Is that nice. the lingo? Hold on, let's get the lingo. Yeah. It's bagging. Yeah, I mean, you can say it. it's not like the universal term. There's also anything? the term, you know, kill it off the tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> if you hit, bark. yeah. I'm sorry. Say it again. Well, so if like the first squirrel I got, it was going up the tree, and I got it as it was going up the tree, mm. so it went up and then came back down. <laughs> Oop! Empathy you, for the what squirrel. What do you do with? Not really. They're meat. The squirrel. Eat it. Eat it. Did you, did you eat it? Yeah. How'd you wait make a minute. It? Wait, we're jumping ahead. How many squirrels did you shoot? I got two. I hit three. Where'd the other one go? Well, I got this yeah. fox squirrel. So it's like this big red squirrel. Oh. It's running across. Oh, the red ones are cute. <laughs> I take my shot. It jumps up about three feet off the forest floor. Is a ninja squirrel? It looked like that. So I must have nicked it. And then it goes up the tree. And then it runs across some other trees. It goes up into the canopy, and it's going, you know, across the branches and running yeah. away. The Aww. red-headed ones, they got skills. Yeah. <laughs> For but those then of you who can't see, Susan ginger has squirrels. Ginger squirrels. <laughs> but the second squirrel I got, we were heading back, and I'm holding these two squirrels. We're walking through the woods. We're heading back up to the gun club. You hold them by the tail? I'm holding them by the tail. We're walking up the hill, and it starts twitching. This is like 15 oh, minutes no, later. No, <laughs> no, Everyone no. jumped. <laughs> so I look at Chris Gilkey, who's the game warden. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this one's quite finished yet. The zombie squirrel. Yeah, and then I'm like, all right, hold on there, Lazarus. <laughs> and then what happened? Well, then we dispatched it, but uh, I'm, just, I'm waving it. What? How did you do? Dispatched it. We like we choked it. Oh <laughs> no! And if Peter didn't like us before, <laughs> oh. it's all about conservation, guys. Yeah. That's not conservation. <laughs> that's killing a thing. That's technically what conservation. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Did, what? what? I, I can't even. <laughs> no. Wait, I just picked you choking the shit out of the squirrel. <laughs> Sorry. Can we not? I pe- I Somebody's going to Google you. that. <laughs> so I I'm have some sorry. questions. I'm not going to get that ha- picture out of my head. No. I'm sorry. Cut this squirrel Die, squirrel, die. So you can go with that image. <laughs> or you can go with like just the boot on its neck there, on its throat. <gasps> <laughs> Conservation. Conservation. No. Yeah. That thing should, you should have given it points. It should have lived because it survived. Well, I don't think it was going anywhere well, at that no. point. Okay. okay. That was just reflex. <laughs> I mean, what it, is it? Re- reflexes? I, 
It would have been <laughs> if that had run away. It'd been in the most pain ever. Yeah, and would never you don't recover. Know. Yes. Susan is traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> so my question is, how did you cook it? Oh, we put it in a pot pie. So we cooked uh, it in a pot pie. Okay. Yeah. Wait a minute. So what? You, you, you put it in a crock pot. Oh. You okay. fill the crock pot up with water. <laughs> right. Hold on, hold on, wait, hold on. Without, you know. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go back. Let's go back. Okay. Now, so you choked you, the squirrel. You, you choked the shit you, out the squirrel. Did you cook the squirrel <laughs> as part of the hunting class, or did you take it home with you? As part of the class. That's a different class. Okay. Okay, so who skins the squirrel? You got to dress it. You got to learn how to dress it. That's called dressing it, right? See? We're dressing it is really taking off the skin. Undressing <laughs> it. Right. Yeah. We would think it's really undressing, but it's dressing the skin. I do know that part. Okay. So nice. city girl. What was um, that like? You take this you take the knife it. under the skin, under the fur in the skin? Yeah, just under the back of the tail. And then you step on the tail and then you peel the Rip skin it! Off. <laughs> <laughs> We're totally over. going hunting. <laughs> no, we are not. I will shoot. I will not do any of that. Okay, so I like how like blood all on your hands. <laughs> I know. It's, like, <laughs> it's like one side of the table. I and like, like, oh, I'm like, like I grew up. Yeah. Like, that was every okay. day. I will immediately feel bad if I do that. So you gra- you rip. <laughs> So you rip the skin off the squirrel's butt. You take the skin off, and then you take the insides out. So you're just left with the meat. That part. Yeah. Was it a mama squirrel or a daddy squirrel? Two. Two. One of each. One One of of each. each. There you go. Whole family. Got them. How much meat (laughs) do you really get out of a squirrel? It's a squirrel. So there's not a lot of meat. Just a snack. I've never looked at a squirrel without skin It's a single serving. Yeah. It's the perfect so it, 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 it took a whole class worth of uh, squirrels to oh, wow. make this pot pie. Oh, okay. Okay, so you made the pot pie. You made the pot pie. Wait a minute. First, you put it in the crock pot. Yeah, you put it in the crock pot overnight. You know, you put some water and you put the, you put the squirrel in there. And then, like, the next day, it's just the meat just falls right off. You know, it's in this crock okay, pot. Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, you wait. Put the squirrel, the squirrel in the is in there with the bones? Yeah. yeah. Little squirrel bones? Little squirrel uh-huh. bones. I mean, that's the same thing you do with a chicken. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, now you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> After you get through Remember all the Remember from the woods parts. of the barnyard, it's all is different. The head par- is the I'm head I'm one of those attached? meat. No. No. I'm one of those meat. Head cheese. Is, do people eat squirrel brain? I'm sure. They do, yeah. My mom actually oh. called me up. She's like, you know, when I was a kid, and she grew up in Ritchie County, like out in the middle of nowhere. Nice. She's like, when I was a kid, we used to like crack the skull and eat the brains. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is the way the zombie apocalypse starts. <laughs> no, because I don't want to kill it. I don't want to see it alive and then see it dead. But once it's dead, I don't mind cooking it. Meat. And so I can see... A squirrel is just like a chicken. You boil it or you sear it or you do whatever. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had a camera in the studio <laughs> for all of our We're faces. We're all just tense. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you going to hunt next? I'll let you go after rabbit. Okay. Yeah. Rabbit you is good. little bunny rabbit. Okay, but so what, how did the pot pie taste? What does squirrel meat taste like? Chicken. It tastes like chicken. <laughs> is it like da- is it like dark meat or white meat or is there like a mix? Would you say dark meat? Uh, I'd say like it's more light in my you opinion. So, <laughs> so it tastes like chicken. Yeah, good pot like pie. Pot pie was all right. You had to pull the little ribs great. off. Mm-hmm. The little squirrel ribs. Just pull the meat right off. Yeah, and oh. the innards too. It's like a chicken. Mm. Yeah. I, okay. Okay. So let's start with. I'm not a bone in meat person. Well, there's your issue. Yeah, there's my <laughs> issue. Now, I'm, 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 I'm very okay with the, but I'm very okay with the idea of hunting and being able to eat off of the land because when it all goes down, you're not going to be able to go to Kroger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's the headline right so there. I, I fish i do fish and i can clean my own fish and nice. do all that but i just haven't been hunting i haven't taken it to the next level i was thinking i was going deer next but i should probably go with squirrel yeah Maybe. this class would be would be good for you yeah. Be, it's a good starter class. Like, I didn't know anything about hunting before going into it. I'm totally going. Yeah. I still need to learn We're to following with the camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it. I am. Well, okay, so we got to look at when the cl- – we'll, we'll post that. When Is this a team-building activity? Exactly. I'm taking the newsroom. <laughs> We're going to hunting. <sighs> yeah, I we have to do it. I West Virginia. We have um, – my family owns property that we use for hunting, basically. Okay, mm-hmm. totally a field trip. We got an old cabin with like just the rabbit ears TV, electricity. No it's got intended. an outhouse. <laughs> or is it actually an outhouse? Yeah, like rabbit outhouse. ears or like okay antenna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's, it's Look really at like... them. They think they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> we are funny. <laughs> We're yeah. funny. But I, I spent a lot of time there. That's where I hunted squirrel, rabbit, turkey, deer. I, I've hit. I'd kill I'm, a turkey. They're I'm mean. A, I'm a terrible they're hunter. I've killed more deer with my car than I have with a gun. <laughs> no. So that's the big joke in the family. I'm the worst hunter, but the best shot. Mm. It's big business. Yeah. Mm. It can turn a whole economy around for a small town. And considering where we are, this is uh, this is a this is a part of it. Another <laughs> question: Are you going to? It seems mostly you've been using firearms. Have you taken up archery? No, I had a compound bow when I was a kid. But nice. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'm better with a bow. Really? A gun. Yeah. I'm weak, you know, so. And my, I start working out again. <laughs> my dad says, <laughs> my dad says, like, jokingly, jokingly, my dad says, I'm the family disappointment because I'm the best shot, but I have the least interest <laughs> in hunting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But when it? the zombie apocalypse comes, I'm... That's actually what I heard out in the woods. From I'm hiding behind Chris. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, so we're hanging with Chris. Basically, we're hanging with Chris and Aaron when it all goes down. Yep. I think I'm pretty sure my landlord has given me the okay to go like bow hunting on our property. Nice. So. Oh. We should all get bows. That's a lot. That's a great arm. And you strength. do feel arm pretty conditioning. You feel pretty badass when you do that. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, this has been all like I've been wanting to go outdoors and do some like fishing or hunting or something. It's funny, I like shooting guns. I've just never actually shot anything. It's just been clay mm. pigeons and I've never target. shot a gun. I want to do. I do want to shoot it. Learn how to shoot a gun. And I've never fished, so I need to learn how to do that. If you're going to be fished, here in the four five seven SEO, you got to teach do me. Well, I did deep sea fishing. Teach so. me. Oh, that's fun too. That was fun. Teach me your ways. Caught some sand bass. Nice. Mm. They filleted it. Brought it home. Mom. Mom cooked it up. My Best favorite, fish I've ever had. My favorite fish. shark. Oh. You caught a shark? Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. Not like a. Not right. like a big one, right? Obviously, but like, <laughs> like we don't know a lot about you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Secret lives, the adventures of Aaron. Apparently, nah. I've just been oh, this whole week the has been life like pain. the outdoors are calling. Even if it's just a hike, I have to go outdoors. And this it doesn't weekend. sound like you're low on interest, as your parents seem to think. Well, I wasn't growing up. I was more of a musician, like. Uh. Into nerd culture. Did you have a ska band? Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Right. Okay. Wait. <laughs> we we just completely derailed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I was growing up, I just didn't have much interest. Like, I went when I was little and I enjoyed it, but then I grew up and, like, I guess I was all punk rock. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do what my family does. I'm going to do music, man. And then, like, the older I get, like, it's like, oh, like the I should have. are there. Yeah. Like, I should have taken more advantage of it when yeah. I was younger. There's never too late, and there are classes mm-hmm. for those. Uh, we'll put links up in the in the intro yeah. of this. Awesome. 
and we'll revisit Aaron's ska band yeah. stories. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much, Chris Riddle. Always a pleasure. Yay. Happy, take care. happy hunting. Thanks. You oh, too. nice. Bring us some food. Wow. <laughs> Please. <laughs> like, I actually, kill, go kill it yourself. Go, go. I, actually, <laughs> I really do want to try the squirrel now. Yeah. Well, but, go to Rocky Brands since you don't want to see it. Well, I don't think they sell stuff. squirrel there. They might, actually. Mm-hmm. They might. I'll I don't want to try bunny. bunny. I'll see what I can, I'll see what I can do. Ziploc bag full of squirrels. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> squirrel butt. <laughs> Put it under the Shit out of that squirrel. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly he's going to leave me a twitching one. Killed by Chris Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, celebrity squirrel, squirrel kills. Local kills. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. So the segment, thank you very much. My pleasure. See you all later. All right. Are you going hunting now? (laughs) Okay, ending. And that's been another fun-filled, crazy... Informative. Informative episode of 457 SEO, a place for stories, information, and observations about southeastern Ohio, presented by WOEB News. A special thanks to Nathan McGuire for our music and... Abby Grise for providing those interviews that you heard about Patty Mitchell. I'm Atish Baidia. I'm Susan Tebbin. I'm Aaron Payne. And I'm Allison Hunter. And that's producer Adam. Adam. He's playing Yahtzee. All right. Crisis. <laughs> and bye. we will talk to you all next time. Bye. 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 See ya. You sound so sad, Bob. Boy. Okay. Okay. I'm hungry. Oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> right. And I got students. Okay. And I'm bu- oh, I'm really <laughs> All right. All right, I'll get to it.